Greetings, travelers, and welcome to the Geronimo Draws podcast. I'm Robert Geronimo, creator of the Blood Realm comic series, along with my co-host, musician and songwriter, Stephen Babino. On this podcast, our theme is horror and how it is represented in some of our favorite video games. I hope you enjoy it. Games, horror, those are the two subjects we'll be talking about today. I like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> it's pretty much been the basis of our entire lives. Oh, yeah. What was the first game that scared you? Really scared me? Yeah. Resident Evil 2. Really? The original. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't play it. I was too scared. <laughs> I was too chicken. <laughs> From the first moment, too, as soon as you, as soon as the zombies start popping, popping up out of the fire. Oh yeah, I, I couldn't. I know. I was just, I was checking shit. <laughs> you know what it is too? I think what makes it extra scary was that you had to learn the controls. Oh, yeah, the tank <laughs> controls too. Yeah, because you can't exactly quickly evade. Yeah. You know, you had to like turn halfway uh-huh. and then run. Turn and then run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Resident Evil, Resident Evil Two is one of the greatest horror games that have ever come out mm-hmm. what about the whole series let's just talk about the series for okay me. resident evil even yeah. the movies yeah. no <laughs> let's that's for another day yeah yeah, yeah. or never or never <laughs> yeah um it, it's it's one of those game series that redefined um the horror genre and why why do you think it defined the horror genre well it was a, the setting, you know, Shinji Mikami just really knew how to create a world where you felt kind of helpless mm-hmm. and you really had to be cautious of your ammo, you know? Mm-hmm. So your it, limited items. Right. Your limited items. I mean, it, it added that extra immersion, you know, and come on, what's, what's creeper than a, an old mansion? <laughs> Exactly. That mansion was terrifying. It really was. And I love that you would get to meet these side characters occasionally. Mm-hmm. Because when I did, I'd be like, oh, good, I'm not alone. Right. <laughs> They'll come with me. <laughs> They'll come with me. Where are you going? Barry, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Barry, wait. Ada, wait. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I told you this story. I had printed out uh, a guide when I had Resident Evil 1. I was terrified of that game. And mm-hmm. I, it's, a buddy of mine had, had, had gotten it. And I remember just terrified just watching because I was like, oh, my God, where do you go? You mean you, mean you have this – it made you feel so small. Yeah. Because the mansion is huge, you know? And not just that, but the puzzles. Yeah, the puzzles. Right. That's what made it brilliant. Oh, yeah. And like, like you were talking like last episode about respite, you know, mm-hmm. and – What's even crazier is that you have to figure this stuff out, but you have these things trying to kill you. Right, so right. Like, what? Can I do this puzzle now? If there's a zombie coming around, you know. But, um, I printed out this guide, and I got up to this part where it said, you know, I'm terrified, and I'm, and I'm I met every creature so far throughout the game. So I thought, like, this was it—the zombies, you know. And then it said, "Enter this door, and then you'll meet the hunters." Oh God! So I thought. Hunters. Wow, so we're gonna have help, you know, probably guys who hunt, 
It turns out this freaking reptilian thing. Frog-like creature. Just leapt in the air. And I remember being frozen. Takes your head off. And next thing you know, my head just... And I was like, what was that? And then they upped the ante with the second one, with the liquors. With the liquors, yeah. yeah. Which were just Terrifying. disturbing. I mean, they're human beings without flesh, right? What did you think of the new one? The remake? Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. Oh, it was absolutely incredible. Uh I think they nailed every detail. Oh, yeah. All the voice acting was great, too. It was perfect. Horror, they brought back the horror element yeah. from the third-person perspective, right? which was great. Yeah, I thought I thought the, the remake was master, masterfully done. Yeah, I hope they remake three. Oh, my God. Because that is my favorite horror game of all time. Yeah, that's my favorite Resident Evil. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially the, the bonus mode. Mercenaries. The mercenary mode. Yeah. That was... With the Kyle. You know, Nikolai. What's, what's hilarious is that I would be on the phone with your brother. This was before, you know, any Xbox Live right. service. And I would say, I, we, we would both start the mercenaries mode at the same time. And I would do this with our friend Greg. And I would be like, all right, I just started. So where are you? I'm going through the hospital. We would play, but we have the phone on our ear and shoulder, you know? Right. Because speakerphone didn't exist Right, because nothing. So we're trying to role play, you know, going through the buildings, trying to save everybody. So that was hilarious. That was my favorite one, though. Oh, just Nemesis. The thought of Nemesis hunting you yeah. was terrifying. Right. And the fact, well, we know where he can come in now. But at the time, we had no. no idea. We thought it was totally random. Totally random. Right. And that was scary. Oh, absolutely. And I think games like Alien Isolation oh. took from that. Yeah. They, knowing that the randomness is what is so scary. Absolutely. It's very Hitchcockian, actually. Yeah, it does. It is. And it, it makes it feel like a real living creature. Exactly. You know, where it might make a split decision. No, maybe I want to go that way. Right. And then it runs into you. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I remember I thought I was completely safe at one point, and then it just burst through the vent. And I was like, oh, my God. It, that that game is terrifying. Yeah. And it's hilarious because uh, I think IGN gave it like a 5 out of 10. Alien Isolation? You believe that? Yeah. I don't, Corporate. Think, I don't think they paid them enough for a good review. I guess not. I guess not. <laughs> That's what it's come to, right? Call of Duty gets like a nine every time, but but there were some really creepy horror games um, when I was a kid for Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I was telling you Jurassic Park, that really creeped me out. But yes. it wasn't the third person mode, like, like well, well the over the top, not even over the top. The it's like the bird's eye view of the character. Uh-huh. It was when you would enter the buildings, and suddenly it would turn into a um, doom, like a doom. Yes, yeah. it was like first person mode. And it was so creepy because you even you remembered with the with the night vision if you didn't have that right well each door would open like right right right, right and you'd right. open up and then you the creepy there was creepy music oh yeah I remember and you walk through and then if you didn't have the night vision goggles which I never did no um I would always walk through and I would die and there'd be horrible horrible uh, animal sound uh, dinosaur sounds yeah it just scared the shit out of me <laughs> and that game that game was terrifying yeah. Um, there was also Doom when I was a kid. I never played Doom. I never had it. You never had it? Well, the, the original didn't scare me. The first game that truly, truly, like, took it next level for me. Because there was Resident Evil, you know. 
And then obviously I was creeped out by that series. But obviously as you get older, the dialogue starts to, you start to notice, oh, this is pretty cheesy. Right. You know, this must be Chris's blood. blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you play Doom 3. Now, I don't think you've ever played that. Is that for PS2? No. Well, it ended up, no, it was actually for PC. That was the first PC game I ever bought. And I was so scared that I needed to play that with the lights on and sometimes the sound really low. It really creeped me out. All right. So for all the listeners right now, I don't know how this just happened, but he said the lights on and one of the lights in his room just came on. Randomly. No, I, I don't no know reason. what that was. As soon as he said that. I don't know. I don't know what's going Might on. Be a sign. I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared too. But <laughs> good on you. You just kept going with the sentence. Yeah. I was like, all right. I saw that over my shoulder. I'm like, it's not going to pay any mind. Because if I acknowledge it, it may, you know, manifest it may, into something. It may stand, be standing over your bed tonight. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. So Doom 3 really, really did it for me. Mm -hmm. Because you had to have a flashlight in one hand. So the flashlight wasn't on the gun. Right. So, you know, anytime you wanted light, you had to oh, you bring know, up your flashlight. Bring up the flashlight. Right? That's terrifying. It was really scary. And it wasn't it wasn't very actiony. The atmosphere was incredible. And it was more of like I wouldn't say survival horror, but it had it definitely had more horror elements than the other ones did. Because mm -hmm. Doom was pretty it wasn't terrifying, you know. But it this one took it to the next level. It really evolved the series. Sure. The new one is kind of action. It's like straight up. It went back to like classic original Doom, original Doom where it's just like, you know, madness, mm -hmm. you know. Which is fun in oh, its yeah. own right. The new one is fantastic. We were talking about it last time. You got to play that. And the soundtrack is unreal. Who did that soundtrack? The guy's name is Mick Gordon. Mick Gordon. Yeah. I don't know if he's from anything, you know. I have to look him up. Oh, he's, he's insane. He did the Wolfenstein uh, remake soundtrack and also uh, Killer Instinct. Ah. Uh, yeah. The original? I don't, I don't think he did the original. I know he did uh, the new one that came out in like 2013. Wow. Yeah. But, but speaking of other yeah. dinosaur games. Oh, of course. Dino Crisis. Yes. It was the first one. And it was the same developer as Resident Evil. Yep. Yeah, you got the Dino Crisis disc on the back of Resident Evil 3 right. to try it out and vice versa. That's which what was I a had. Brilliant. Oh, it was a great tactic. idea. Yeah, and they didn't come out far apart from each other. Yeah, months. Months apart. Months apart. Yeah. yeah. But it's just a badass character. Regina was oh, such she a was badass great. character. Awesome. Jill, too. You play Jill in one, you play Regina in the other. They yeah. were both awesome characters. Mm -hmm. I love the setting of Dino Crisis. It's on this island. Right. You're all alone. All the guards are dead. Yes. And you're with Gail and Rick. Yeah, that's it. And again, there's another. that's another game where you're like, okay, I got my buddies. Right. But no, you where don't. Where are you going, Rick? Mm -hmm. Come back. And Gail goes away or he gets attacked by the raptor in the right. beginning of the game. That's right. And the puzzles are oh. so hard in that game. Dude. But that's what made it great. Because yeah. once you think like all those DDKs oh. that you had to figure out. To open the doors. Yeah. Yes. Scary. Oh, yeah. That was a that was a pain in the neck. I remember I had to, uh, if I remember correctly, the strategy guide was like the size of the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> it was so insane. Yeah, and there's so many endings that you could get. Right. 
But that was like Resident Evil 3 as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, there were multiple endings for 3? Right? I don't think so. Oh, maybe. I know with 2, if you did the other... This was another great thing. You play Leon's A campaign, but then if you then if you do Claire's B, right. you get the full ending. The full ending. That was great. And of course, come on, Hunk, which is the most... The best character. Badass, secret character. Just character, period. And I, what I think is so great about him is that we don't know anything about him. He just has this awesome costume. We just know little stuff. And I hope they keep it that way. Me too. You know, I don't want to see his face. Well, they actually did reveal him, if you remember correctly. When did they reveal his face? I don't know. Listeners who've played, they were like, we already know. And I'm probably not saying it that creepy, though. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe they are. Did you have to get, like, an S ranking? It was in Resident Evil 3. What? Yes. So there were those little epilogue things mm -hmm. that wraps up certain characters. And if you, I forgot what S ranking, where you had to get like every ending in three, you get the hunk bio and it's him with his mask off. And I think they called him Mr. Death. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> oh yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, you got to look it up. It's really cool. But uh, he looks really awesome though he's got like this crew cut you mm -hmm. know he looks like this you know battle and he's the one who brought back the, the g-virus the g-virus yeah. yeah i mean he's basically the the reason the series keeps going for yeah. better or for worse <laughs> exactly although four four was really creepy Love four that was an incredible evolution because not just for the resident evil series but for all of the genre gaming. the genre in general. yeah because if you've played resident evil you know, prior to four, it was these tank like controls and it was set camera angles, which, in my opinion, was great because it, it was it's like Shinji Mikami was actually a director mm -hmm. choosing where the camera was going to be. You know, he wants you to see this much, right? Which I thought was great. I thought that was great too. And it made it feel cinematic in a weird way, you know. But you could hear you could hear the zombie and like oh, Dino right. Crisis, you could hear the raptors or the zombies. Yes, because and that's what made way. it horror. Oh yeah, in a way, and that's that was kind of the backlash with the new one, the new Resident Evil Two, uh -huh. was that it wasn't fixed camera and right. that it was over Leon or Claire's shoulder. Well, they, it's more accessible. Well, with four, yeah, four did it where you're over the shoulder now, and you're very much as close as. Leon's point of view is you're going to get mm -hmm. because obviously um, first person would be the most immersive but you're third person and you're going through this town in Spain I mean the story's a little wacky yeah but I always enjoyed it more when they stayed in the village with all these crazed you know what were they villagers and everything yeah. they were burning each other alive and all this stuff it was right really instead dark. of Resident Evil 6 where like the president oh, it was ridiculous it was terrible it, you know it, it's it's one of those instances where it's the curse of the, the simple premise, you know? Yes. It's like what they're doing with Alien. You know, they're trying to explain everything. Right. Where really it's like, no, the mansion and a couple of cops trapped with a bunch of zombies. Mm -hmm. Bringing it to like, oh, now Leon becomes what? <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, what is he now? He, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. now. <laughs> it's silly. Um. That was like, I was watching uh, Predator, or The Predator. Oh my God. What was that, the 2018 I, one? After you watched it. I started laughing. Dude, I, you told me about it, because you said you were watching it. And I was like, oh, he's watching it, let me throw it on. 
wow, what, how, how? I don't even know. What were they thinking? I don't even know. It was it was a parody, and you know the guy who directed it is Hawkins from the first Predator. Really, the first guy who gets killed. I did not know that. Yeah, Shane Black. I did not think that movie was good at all. The uh, no, it didn't capture predator. any. There hasn't been a good, in my opinion, there hasn't been a good Predator movie since Predator Two. Oh, oh, shaking my hand here. Go ahead. I have to say. You like Alien vs. Predator? Nope. I can't believe this, but it has grown you like on me. Predators. I love, <laughs> love Predators. Love that movie. Is it Adrian Brody? Is that who makes it's it for schnoz. you? It's that schnoz. You could just take anybody out with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. I love it. And... Is it because they get dropped on the planet and they're all alone and helpless? I can see that. I get it. That's what it is. And I think if you rewatched it, okay, I think you would give it more credit because it didn't do what the others did. Because 2 was great and I love 2. Mm-hmm. But it was literally kind of like the same story but in Los Angeles. Yeah. Which is cool because you go from one jungle to the concrete jungle. Right. You know, which is – it's – the natural direction you would go. Now with Predators, no, now... You're on a different planet. Right. And when you watch the film, okay, because I watched it with uh, some people who didn't know, you know, where it goes because they thought they were in a jungle. Mm-hmm. Well, where are they? And it almost has this Twilight Zone feel because these guys randomly woke up there. You know, they don't know how they got there. They were all in the middle of combat. And then the big kind of Twilight Zone hook is that when they go over this mountain pass, in the distance in the sky, they see these planets. Right. And they realize they are not on Earth. And it's really great. I, could, I see your point. You got to watch it again. I, I, have to, I have to watch it again. It's so cool. And I love how this is really a – it's just a, a hunting ground. Mm-hmm. It's not their planet. Right. They so, brought them there because they're the best of the best. Right, bringing and, in Men in Black. You're the best, the best of the best. Right. Uh, they're the best of the best, and they just want to hunt them. That's it. Which is pretty cool. I, I get, I get it. When was the last time you saw it? When we saw it? When, when we saw it in the movies? In like honestly. what? Fifteen? How long ago was that? Uh, that was two, twenty what? I don't know. I have to look that up. That was a long time ago. You want me to look it up? Yeah, why not? Yeah, All look right. that up. Yeah, I'm curious. It had to be at least two thousand nine. I would say nine. I would say nine. 2010. Ten, okay. Yeah, around there. That was close. Right, that's the one, right? That's the one, yeah. It's an awesome movie. It's really good. And I, I recommend you watch it again. I'm going to... All right, I'll give it another chance. The only part that's a little silly is with Lawrence Fishburne. So I'm just preparing you. Why? All right, if you don't remember it... You don't remember that scene? No, I don't. Okay, he's like this psychopath... Who they took a long time ago. The Predators captured him a long time ago, and he's like acting all weird. And he has like he has an imaginary I, friend I that he talks to. This. Yeah, I'm like, oh Lawrence. <laughs> now, would have been way better is if that was played by Danny Glover. And remember when they met him? Oh my God! Right, See, that would have been cool. How cool would it have been if? They ended up taking him, mm-hmm. and they left him on that planet. Oh, my God. And we see Danny Glover young. I mean, old now. You know, 
I think that would have been that would have been really cool. I know that would have been much more effective. I think you should have wrote the movie. I should have. I should have. But yeah, you got to definitely give it give it another watch. I definitely won't. But the new one was oh my god. Yeah. What was going? And then the ending, where he gets the the Iron Man Predator suit. Yeah. Did you see the deleted because, uh, scene they're, for that? They're making a pre- uh, sequel, I guess. Oh, I don't know. I did. I heard it did really bad. But did you see the deleted scene for that? What no. it was? It wasn't originally going to be the Iron Man Predator suit. What was it going to be? Oh my God! You, oh, I, okay. So he, they say we have the secret weapon. Remember? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they go to this capsule, and you see someone inside the capsule with a name tag. And it says, Ripley. What? <laughs> Swear to God. What? Yes. Ugh. How trash is that? Thank God they didn't do that. <laughs> they filmed it. You're going to see the scene. You're going to be like, what? It would have been even better if they used like that. That's terrible. Or that CGI that they've been using now. Like, oh, to make right. everyone look younger. Although... It's been working for yeah. some. Everyone hated how it looked in Rogue One. But I actually thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. It didn't bother me. I mean, I was like, why didn't they just Talking about Tarkin? Tarkin, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was okay. It was okay with Carrie Fisher. Yeah, well, th- there, I don't think it worked. That's why I only mentioned Tarkin. <laughs> yeah. I I was like, I, was, I accepted it because it was two seconds Right. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, it moves the story along. Obviously, you show her, and it's right before right. A New Hope, which is fine. It worked for me. Tarkin was throughout the whole movie. So I was like, okay. There were some moments in it where I'm like, I could tell that's not him. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but you know, for a dead guy, it looks pretty good. For a, for a dead guy, he looked great. <laughs> the guy who did his voice was spot on. Spot on. You know? But you know, it's funny. I don't know if you remember Revenge of the Sith at the end. There's this quick glimpse of Tarkin. Yeah. 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 And that guy, they probably just did makeup. They're looking over the construction of the, the Death, Death Star. Star. Yeah. Right. But maybe you could have hired an actor that kind of looked like him. Mm-hmm. You know. But I thought it was really. I thought it was okay. You know, a lot of people had problems with it. But I thought it was pretty. Effective. Really, just the technology in general. Yeah. You know what's funny? You know that's going to be outdated. Yeah. In maybe five years, they're going to come out with something better. But they could always go back and just fix that, I guess. Unless you are George Lucas and you say, no, this is the definitive. Yes. I know I went back and redid my own movie. Right. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, you don't like? No. No. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. I wish that was sometimes less is more. Yeah. Actually, in in my opinion, we're talking about it in the Return of the Jedi. We're not talking in the No and Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Right. Yes. Because the the addition of the Last Jedi No, in my opinion, was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. Oh, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. What I say, Last Jedi. Last Jedi. It's all the same now. <laughs> it's all canon. It's all canon. Um. But yeah, in the Return of the Jedi, he he inputs the word no from revenge of the sith which is not it doesn't make it good no it doesn't it doesn't tie in the other movie the whole movie ties in the I know. the other movie like ugh, whatever that scene he wrote it what am i what like he's george lucas oh yeah you know what i mean 
But the silence speaks volumes. Speaks volumes because you can only imagine. You can't see Vader's mouth move. You can't hear his thoughts. But you know what he's thinking. You see that emotionless mask. All you see is him glancing back and forth, mm -hmm. back and forth, at his son being literally toasted yeah. by the emperor, and then the emperor who's who looks maniacal. Now, that moment, and then he acts, and it's like wow, because you want him, you you want him to do the right thing, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, and he does. He does. He finally does. I love Star Wars. Me too. We said we wouldn't talk about Star Wars because we, we wanted we to save gonna... it for Anthony yeah. when he gets on this podcast. <laughs> and we are. Yeah, we are. We are. There's so much more to talk We're about. We're not going deep. But silence. Yes. Here's a segue. <laughs> Back to the horror. Yes. Silence is our Hitchcock was brilliant at that. Mm -hmm. Did oh, you ever yeah. see um, Rear Window? Oh, yeah, of course. At the end, when he's walking oh, up the steps, incredible. step by step. Yes. By step. And all you hear are the sounds. That's it. That's it. That's all you need. And you know he's coming. Yeah. I love that movie. Who's the, the what's his name? Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart yeah. is waiting for him. Yep. And you and you just hear him. And it's like, he, I don't know, there must have been a million steps <laughs> that he, he just wanted you, like your ag the agony. It's like, come on. It was terrifying. Yeah. I love movies like that where it's such a small, like, because it, it, it's a set and the cast of characters, it, it's, it's a nice small cast. So it just makes it feel closer, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to something being much bigger. Um, it allows you to focus on each person as right. well. Right. You're going on this journey with Jimmy Stewart. Right. And you're meeting all of the people that live in his building mm -hmm. from his eyes. Mm -hmm. And the next building. And the next building. You get all the stories that he's looking at. Yes, exactly. Through his binoculars. I love that. Yeah. And Birds is pretty terrifying as well. You know, I never saw that movie. You never saw Birds? I never saw Birds. That's one of my favorite Hitchcocks. That's and great. why are they attacking everybody? For no reason. No reason. You don't need to explain. Something happened with nature where they are just killing humans. Something just clicked, switched off. Wow. Oh, it's incredible. It's 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 so suspenseful too. And it's creepy. And for for the time back then, mm -hmm. he really pulled it off. Oh, you have to watch it. I don't want to say anything more. I do. I yeah, that's definitely one I want to watch. Yeah. You should watch it, then we'll talk about it. Okay. It, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a really it's one of my favorites. I love that movie. Yeah. Hitchcock is is a master of horror. I mean, obviously psycho. I mean, what can we say that hasn't already been said? <laughs> Just the best. I forgot who said this. I forgot what director. Because someone was saying, oh, I want to go to film school. He goes, you want to go to film school? He was like, just watch Hitchcock. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. That's It's a free lesson. You know, <laughs> you don't have to pay for a university. Watch what Hitchcock does, and there is your, your lesson. You know what scared me the most in Psycho? Which? The ending. Oh, when he looks... When he's you? looking at the screen. Yes. And it's just the monologue in his head. And then the skull. Yeah. Transition. I wouldn't even hurt that fly. Yes. Creepy. Oh, yeah. So creepy. Absolutely. But, but remember, you know what I'm talking about? That transition? Into the skull. Into and his it's mother. so creepy. For that one second. Yeah. You just see. Sorry if I spoiled anything. But oh, I'm Yeah, yeah. Well, the movie's been out for 
quite some time. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> only a couple of decades, yeah. <laughs> maybe more. <laughs> yeah, it's that scene because there's one moment where it's perfect where the, the skull is really like superimposed over his face, mm-hmm. and it's so terrifying because he has human eyes behind it. What a great scene! That was a tremendous acting job. Sounds of the Lambs. One of the best. Hannibal. Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. There was one more, right? Oh, no, he wasn't in that. Was that Hannibal Rising or something like mm-hmm. that? Was he in there? No. I didn't see that one. I love Hannibal. But Hannibal? I don't know why I'm saying Hannibal. Like Hannibal. <laughs> Sounds of the Lambs. What a nice fellow that Hannibal is. <laughs> Sounds of the Lambs was my favorite because he wasn't the main focus. Right. And every scene that Anthony Hopkins was in was like 10 out of 10, stellar, stellar, stellar. Oh, yeah. It was just the most brilliant acting you could ever see another another human being do. Now, I'm going to take it back to comics because how cool would it have been? Obviously, rest in peace, Heath Ledger. Mm -hmm. If you had a scenario like that in a Batman film where maybe it's the Riddler or maybe it's the Mad Hatter Mm -hmm. and Batman needs the mind of a psychopath Uh. to try and capture either one of them yeah and obviously it would be and he hates him so much right so what they have to talk through it it would be amazing that would be perfect that would have been a great batman 3 that would have been so good didn't he have more planned chris nolan he had more planned for heath ledger didn't he he was supposed to be in the the follow-up in the third movie i don't think bane was at all supposed to be the the villain. I mean, I don't know exactly, but yeah, Heath Ledger's Joker was great. I mean, we we're talking about Jack Nicholson last time, but Heath Ledger took it in the way it should go. Yeah, masterpiece. In terms of, yeah, sure. And in terms of being completely different from Nicholson, mm-hmm. you know, and making it grounded it's in iconic. reality. Yes. When he takes that pencil. Oh, that pencil scene. That's what. That's what sold it for me. He's scary too. Yeah. When that's... he walks in with that makeup. You know, and I thought my jokes were bad. Mm-hmm. The scene that really messed me up was when he has the fake Batman tied up in the chair. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And it's almost, it's like this creepy torture video. But obviously, you don't see the torture. But the poor guy is like. You know, he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. What do you think makes horror? I know this is a, this is a tough question, but like, right. what do you think makes people scared like the defining thing that makes people scared oh the unknown and again that goes back to what i was saying with the simple premise you know pt pt you don't really know what's going on you just keep going around in a loop right and it's hell yeah and you're getting deeper and deeper deeper. into hell but it's you're literally just walking in a circle right and it was thrilling right and terrifying and the reason the film alien the creature in alien is so creepy is because it's alien Right. You don't know where it came from yep. or what it is. It's just it's just there. It's just there. I also think that it's a guy in a costume and for some reason that always creeped me out more than CGI. Oh yeah, of course. It had a human-like movement oh, instead yeah. of CGI-like movement. You, oh, so you like the the happy birthday surprise? When it goes like, I love that because that scared me 
It scared me as a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah when he goes, ah, yeah, the happy birthday surprise. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. I loved that. Because that scared the crap out of me. Yeah. Oh, no. It, that scene was really creepy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why now when I see it, I just I just imagine going, ah. <laughs> well, because you knew it's coming. But right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so great because you hear the, the beep, the beep, the beep of the thing. And he's like, right. where is it? I don't right. see it. You know, he's got the tracker going on. It's the unknown. And like Hitchcock. Right. Was right. brilliant at portraying the unknown. Right. The unknown was a character in all of his films, and that's why with games, it's I think it's much harder, much harder to recreate horror, um, because you know if you keep doing something over and over again, it kills the horror. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's, you know, it's not just with games because the more you see the alien, the less you're afraid of it. Sure. So it's this balancing act of how much do I show? That's why I thought Alien was such a great example because it's flashes, glimpses, flashes, glimpses. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't actually fully see it till the end. Right. And by that time, you're you're you're, you're you know everyone's dead, and you've already been the on the roller coaster ride. You know. And like Alien Isolation, it's the same thing. Because it's you, just one. You never, you, and you never know when the alien is coming. Exactly. At any point in the game. Any point, except for the scripted moment moments. You have the scripted moments where it comes out, mm-hmm. and then you have the other moments where it's completely You're sneaking random, around. Which is majority. What I love about it is that you can also play with your microphone and like your voice. Can can attract it? Are you kidding me? Oh, dude, that's like a hardcore that's mode. That's terrifying. Can you play it in VR too? No, no. I think you can play it on VR on PC. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. That game is fantastic. I, I wish it would get a sequel. Yeah, I really do. I have to say, the human stuff. They could have done away with that. Mm-hmm. I know they were trying to break it up. What were those things called? The robots, the Joes, the average Joes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. Know. I think that no, that's from Dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> that's right definitely not the average shows so what do you think the way to make the perfect horror game is do you think it's something to do with like you have to it has to be completely random each mm-hmm. time you play the game that's one way uh setting 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 is big i mean with blood realm uh, especially especially with Shadowed Kingdom, the second miniseries. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to feel like this place is... This is a place where you never want to be. Right. And you, you give a little lore to describe it, so you already have like, oh God, this place is accursed for sure. Mm-hmm. But when you make the antagonists who are these battle-hardened, in my story, these warriors that are goat kind, goat people... And they don't want to be there. Right. Now you're like, oh boy. Yeah. Like what? What's here that they don't want to? They don't, they're they're yes. the bad. They're the bad guys in the first one. Right. Yeah. They're, they're the antagonists in the first miniseries. Right. So now you know you flip that. So what could scare these guys? And that's something I try to play on. So that's a good way to cause tension, because the one that you feel should be able to conquer anything, who shows no fear. Mm-hmm. All now, of a sudden, it's it's fearful, is is ridden with fear, so that's how you do it. Outlast, in terms of setting, mm-hmm. that's a tremendous game. You're in the insane asylum. You're in the insane asylum, and then as you progress, it's dirty. First, there's blood, 
Right. Then there's a lot of blood, mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of grime and dirt and filth, and then complete and utter debauchery that goes on. Right. It's like you're literally almost like PT. You're descending deeper into like your own personal hell in this place. And I thought that was very effective. I mean, obviously, too, you can't fight back. Yeah. Which, in my opinion, especially with the sequel, mm -hmm. gets a little played out. I agree. Because now... I thought they did it well in Resident Evil 7. I love Resident Evil 7. I thought they did it perfectly in Resident Evil 7. Yes. Because I was like, all right, this is a Resident Evil game. I hope I'm going to be able to shoot something. Yes. You know, or at least at least fight back. Mm -hmm. And they did it perfectly. Because yeah. at first you can't. He gives you a knife. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cop. Right. And then, you know, you get a gun, but you're shooting Jack Baker, who, mm -hmm. who can't be killed. Right. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm really helpless. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I, eventually, you want to have something to defend yourself. Because right. what always annoys me in games is when I kill a character or an enemy and their gun is on the floor and I can't pick up the gun. I killed that enemy. I deserve. I've earned that weapon. Right. That's what drives me nuts. Give me the wrench, whatever. I don't care what it is. Exactly. I should have that. Or you try and do the Ko Kojima way where he's like, no, there are ID locks on this weapon. You oh, can't pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> There's an ID lock on that wrench. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Go craft your own. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. But that type of suspense... That's how you do it. Mm -hmm. Resident Evil 7 was great. The atmosphere, that, that place too, it gets really dirty, especially when you go into that little that, that back house they have where the, you end up fighting the wife and oh, she gets all elongated. She's a spider. Yeah, with those arms and she has this freakish thing growing out by her, by her groin area and you have to shoot that. I thought that was terrifying. Oh, that? that I thought she was the most terrifying absolutely. boss. She, she creeps me out. Um even when that starts, you know, you're looking down that hole that leads to the boss battle. Yeah, I didn't want to even go down. Yeah, you just see this long, this this elongated hand just grab the lantern and come back. But what ruined the moment for me is the main character speaks and he goes, huh, that's special. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Yeah. You wouldn't say that. Right. That's the biggest killer. I don't need to hear. It's so, it's so strange because when we grew up with, RPGs, we never heard the characters' voices. It was me. Yes. I was the character's I, voice. Precisely. And I could pick what he wanted to say. Right. And I had options to pick. And you hear it in your head. I that mean, would be interesting. What? I don't mean to cut you off, but like a horror RPG. Like Let's see. Are there, are there, is there a horror RPG? But something, something like Outlast and Resident Evil 7. Well, you pick. But it's an RPG. You pick your, you design your character. You design your character. But it's first person, mm. and you can choose what they say. Right. That'd that be could, interesting. That you could level be really up. cool. I wonder if there's anything like that. I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything like that either. Maybe it'll come to me. I would say one game. It's not horror. And uh, it teeters on RPG. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like in today's time, RPG is a throwaway title now. Sure. Because everyone wants to jump on the RPG train mm -hmm. and the open world train. You know what I mean? Just, well, they just fill this map with a bunch of stupid things to do. Right. Like, go walk this 
this buffalo across the river that I've done 10,000 times in Dragon Age because you, I like to punish myself. You love that game. I don't know why, but I, I do. It. I love it. I played that. I played through that game so many times, and I've walked that stupid buffalo across that river. I can't even tell you, but I don't want any of that. So we want to talk about making a good game. No more escorting the buffalo to the river to I the agree. farm. I agree. But another RPG that I think, again, as I was saying before, it's teeters on RPG, but in terms of atmosphere, Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. Demon Souls, mm -hmm. Bloodborne, those games, they they suck you in by the setting. What I love about the world, and this is something I really consciously think about when I create Blood Realm and and the, the world around it in Mordred, everything makes you feel small. Okay, so you have these massive towering structures, and your brain is thinking, "Who made this?" Mm -hmm. and it's in ruins, and suddenly you feel this element that, believe it or not, in art history we call the sublime. So there's, there's artists that kind of capture that. So there's this artist named Friedrich, and then you have, you have like cathedrals. You know, you look at this, and you you feel fear, but you're in awe at the same time, and that's something that we call the sublime, mm -hmm. because it's not true fear. You're just, you're just completely lost. Or you're just overwhelmed. You're lost for words. Yeah. But it reminds you how small you are. So Friedrich would do that with nature. So he would paint these, quote, religious settings, but he would really be using nature. You know, so he would have this giant wave that's like 40 feet high, 20 feet high. And the person would just be standing there at the beach looking up. But it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's awesome, natural power. But you know he's going to die. Yeah. Is he underneath the wave? No. Well, he's kind of, he's pretty close. It's just, it just, it dwarfs him. But it's not about like, oh my God, he's going to die. It's just like you, you feel that, that, that scale, you know, and in, in Bloodborne and in Dark Souls, it does that with these ruins. And obviously that's what happens with all the cathedrals back in the medieval period. That was the point. The point was to say, this is the true house of God. This is God's house. This is God's house. You are dwarfed. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? You have to believe this is God's house because it has to be, it has to defy physics and belief. Mm -hmm. That's why when you get into like real crazy, the period is called Romanesque or God, I don't, is it Romanesque or the Gothic one? Maybe it was more Gothic when it gets to like the skeletal looking part of the cathedral where at first you would have these, yeah, because Romanesque was a little bit thicker. Mm -hmm. But when you go to Gothic now, it's like really like, it's just, it's hanging on by a thread and you're wondering how, and like the whole feeling you're supposed to have is by the grace of God. That's how this is standing. That's incredible. Yeah. So the sublime is something that I really, really tried to bring into the series because someone put a, a recent review of Blood Realm and I think he said, uh, it's not terrifying to read, but the setting is deeply disturbing and creepy. Sure. And that's exactly what I wanted. That's awesome. It's exactly what I wanted. And great that someone got that. Oh, yeah. This one particular person, uh, GT Media Reviews, he really understands what I'm going for, and mm -hmm. it's really cool. But th that's it. You know, the sublime. So when these soldiers, the Satrian warriors in Shadow Kingdom, are going down there, we see the fortress, the hollow fortress in the beginning, you know, and then we see the giant statue of Chiron Morvel. Mm -hmm. So that's an element of horror. 
that can be achieved in games. I like that. Yeah. So, and I don't even know. I don't know if Miyazaki, the guy who does, does Dark Souls, is fully aware that he's teetering on the sublime, mm-hmm. or he's he's harking that, he's channeling that. But I certainly feel it. So, really. A perfect horror, or horror in general, is supposed to make you feel small. Yeah. And alone. Yeah, definitely alone. You know what I mean? Like that's Especially like, for games. And the unknown surrounding right. you. We're afraid of being alone and small. Yeah, definitely. Truly terrifying. So in that light, mm-hmm. what's your top three horror games? Top three? Top three. Hmm. I would say... In no particular order. Um, the Resident Evil series, or can I say series, or it's got to be the game? Series. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh, the Resident Evil series. Mm-hmm. Silent Hill. It's one of those atmospheric, you know, because of the fog, the abandoned town. Have you played it? I played it. The original? I played it at your house. I never owned it. You never owned it? Yeah. Dead Space. Good one. Yeah. Really good one. Dead Space creeped me out. I totally forgot about Dead Space. The first one and the second one. That that was that perfect marriage of sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. You know, it took all of the elements. Of Alien. Exactly. And merged it with Resident Evil. Yes. And it, it was incredible because, you know, they're essentially uh, zombies. It's just this crazy take on them. Mm-hmm. They're space zombies. It also reminds me a little bit of Event Horizon. Remember that movie? That horror movie? I never saw that movie. I think your brother is terrified of it because (laughs) it's it's about this ship that essentially went to hell and comes back. So the ship itself is like haunted and the ship has been missing for so long it's in space. Wow. So actually going back to Lawrence Fishburne, him and Sam Neill going back to Jurassic Park have to go and investigate the ship. You got to watch it. It's really cool. And coincidentally, it's directed by the guy who did the Resident Evil movies. I don't know what happened to him after that mm-hmm. because he did horror so well in Event Horizon and he just went off the rails. Yeah. But yeah, the feel of Event Horizon is in there. There's something you really... truly feel alone in Dead Space. Oh, I was just going to say, you like being alone in a ship in the middle of space. There's that famous line in Alien. The tagline is that in space, no one can hear you scream. (laughs) And in Dead Space, you feel that. But it also has the mechanics of Resident Evil 4, where you're over the shoulder, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're in the... But all dark. All dark. Which I love, which in Resident Evil 2, in the remake, yes, they made the whole thing dark. Yes. Which is great. I I think that's another element for horror. Oh, yeah. Super important yeah definitely because that is an element of the unknown darkness Mm, right you can't see darkness (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah all right so your favorite horror movies horror games oh games sorry well resident evil but i'll i'll go for something uh different uh dino crisis Mm, for sure right um just because i played it first right um, I loved Outlast, and with mm. that, Amnesia. But Amnesia first. Um, Which one? There was two. 
it was the amnesia dark descent or something like that mm-hmm. where you're in that it's like you're in these ruins that was cool dungeon one yeah and then you're the then there was one, the one with the pigs something of pigs i forgot yeah. what it was called that was weird the dark descent the one the one that was yeah that was really with cool. the lantern yeah because you're basically descending into hell right kind of i don't know there's something creepy about like descending even further into the depths well that's what i exactly in shadowed kingdom i wanted to do that that the 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 hollow fortress was the red herring you know mm-hmm. when you read shadowed kingdom it's really what's underneath the structure is where the, the real horror lies so we should end with that <laughs> i like that <laughs> so all right guys that's a wrap thanks for listening and We'll see you guys next time. I'm going to play Dino Crisis now. (laughs) Damn straight. All right, guys. Have a good one and take care.